Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Hey, I'm so thankful to, to be able to preach, and every time you have this opportunity, man, you just, you don't take it lightly at all. You know, I, I just am so thankful for, for this church. I want everybody to look at me for a moment. Man, I love you. I know I don't know all of you, but I just, I love this house. I love the people in this house. I love the people in this room. First, you know, first, first Wednesday is a special group. This is kind of like, man, this is the green beret of the church. You know, you like, you can't get enough church. You just ready. You ready for first prayer and it's not here yet. You just ready. And um, I'm just thankful for you. I mean that on behalf of me and my wife and our four amazing kids. We just say thank you for loving us, accepting us and Man, it's going to be such a great night. But also want to thank Pastor Mike. How many of you thank our pastors, Pastor Mike and Rachel? So thankful for them and their leadership. And, man, they just, they're the real deal. And I'll say this. I've never shared this publicly before, but I've never felt, like, pressured in preaching in front of him. You know, and he, he's a preaching machine. You know what I'm talking about? Like, he's the rhyme master. He, he's, he, he can make something just sound good no matter what. Like, I, I can be choppy sometimes. He's just always smooth and fluid. It's just beautiful. But I've never felt, like, not comfortable around him. You know why? Because he's a great leader. And he's encouraging his staff. And I just, I'm thankful for him and Rachel so much. And, man, love you guys. And we just had our fourth child. Some of you guys know that. So, man, we're in it to win it. Making it through. And it's awesome. I'm thankful for my parents. I see them here tonight. Man, I love you guys. You guys, Ryan's waving at me. I love you too, Ryan. But this wasn't about you, but okay, we'll, we'll, we'll steer that way for a second. But you guys are awesome. I give honor to y'all. I would not be who I am if it wasn't for the two of you. So thank you for being an example. Thank you for being consistent. Come on, clap your hands. Sheila and David Ray, the best of the best. Hey, if you have your Bible, we're going to dive right in. So we're going to have a time at the end of worship as well. But 1 Samuel chapter 13, if you have your Bible, you can turn there. I've been really looking forward to preaching from this text. You know, sometimes we have where things are planned out, and that's, that's helpful because that way it makes sure that we're teaching through the Scriptures, and we do our best to hear from God and, and plan out series and topics. And then sometimes you have just open nights, and you can preach on whatever God hasn't laid on your heart. And, and for this passage and this uh, message in particular, this is a thing I'm working through, okay? So this is something God is doing in me. And when you are in a place where you're going through something and you're believing God and you're searching, I think that's when God uses you the most. You know, it's not when we're like, hey, I got it all going on. I'm perfect. I'm awesome. It's when we're vulnerable and we say, God, I need you to show up. God, I need you to move. I think God uses vessels like that. Because he says, hey, this is, a humble, this is a humble thing and I can use them. So I believe God's going to move tonight. But let me give you a little context before we dive in. This is uh, 1 Samuel 13. Saul is currently the king of Israel. And Saul was the first king of Israel. And before that, there were judges. And um, there is a prophet by the name of Samuel. Everybody say Samuel. And Samuel is an interesting guy. He, he has a unique role in the Old Testament that is... Very unusual because Samuel holds the position of prophet, priest, and he also was a judge. Okay, so this is, this is unique. Usually there's one prophet and there's one priest. And then for a judge, 
A judge is a type of king. He wasn't a king, but it was a ruler. Uh, he was able to have military command as well. And so Samuel is a prophet, a priest, and a judge. A prophet would speak to the people on behalf of God. So God would speak to the prophet, the prophet would speak to the people. A priest represents the people in front of God. So the priest in the Day of Atonement would go in in front of God and offer sacrifice, and then here's a judge. And so Samuel, he, he's, he's got it going on. We named our fourth child Samuel. So we just, we just love this man of God in the Old Testament. And so Samuel is somebody who served God, who loved God, who lived for God, who believed that the presence of God was everything. It wasn't a means to the end. It was the end. God's presence was everything to Samuel. Can I have a better amen tonight? It was everything to him. And, and Samuel had anointed Saul to be king because the people said, hey, we want a king. We want to be like other nations. We want a king. So he anointed Saul. And in this text, we'll see where Saul's heart starts to turn. And, and, I, and I want to preach this because... If we're not careful, our hearts will turn as well. And we can have good intentions. We can start off well. But as you live for God, if you're not careful, if you don't continually fan the flame, the flame will start to burn out. And Samuel had told Saul in, in 1 Kings chapter 9, I mean 1 Samuel chapter 9, he said, hey, you're going to go to to this place, and you're going to wait for me. This is important. You're going to wait for me for seven days. And the seventh day, I'm going to come, and I'm going to perform a sacrifice, and we're going to have an offering on the seventh day. So this is where the text picks up. First Samuel chapter 13, it says, And the Philistines gathered together to fight with Israel. It says 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen, and the people as the sand which is on the seashore in multitude. So there's thousands of them. And they came up and encamped in Michmash to the east of Beth-Avon. Verse 6, when the men of Israel saw that they were in danger for the people were distressed, then the people hid in caves and thickets and rocks and holes and in pits. Verse 7 says, and some of the Hebrews crossed over the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Now check this out. As for Saul, he was still in Gilgal. This is where Samuel told him to go. And all the people followed him. What's it say? They followed him doing what? Trembling. Stop right there. If you're a leader who is panicking and who is trembling, and those who follow you will be panicking and trembling. I'm telling you, if you're a leader that's filled with joy and passion and, man, God's going to do great things, and most likely people who are following you are going to follow suit. But here his whole army, they're trembling. And it says they waited for seven days according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, watch what Saul says, bring a burnt offering and a peace offerings here to me. And he offered the burnt offering himself. Now it happened as soon, everybody say as soon. As soon as he finished presenting the burnt offering that Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him that he may greet him. These are words you don't want to hear if you're Saul. And Samuel said, what have you done? I want to talk to you tonight just for a few minutes on the subject of while you wait. While you wait. We, we are a culture and society. We're a people who we do not like waiting for anything. Can I get a good amen tonight? We don't like waiting for nothing. You know, we go to a restaurant. We want to be seated. We, we go to an amusement park, I got friends, man, they love Disney World like way too much, and they have like just everything mapped out. These are guys, and they have everything mapped out, and um, 
I won't name names, but they, they go there and they have like to the T at this minute, 9.05, we're going to go to this ride. And then at 9.35, we're going to go to this ride. And they've got everything mapped out in their fast passes. Y'all know those type of people? They got them down, man. Uh, that's the people you want to travel with. But they've got them down and they, they don't want to wait. We, we do not like waiting. I think it's hilarious. Like my kids, they, they love these three things. They love Netflix. They love Amazon. An eight-year-old loves Amazon. And they love Chick-fil-A. That's like their world. Entertainment, Netflix, they can watch any show they want to watch. I mean, remember back in the day when you had to wait a week to watch your favorite show? I mean, that's a crazy thought. And then I love it. My kids will come up to me and be like, hey, Dad, I want to shop for my birthday gift. I'm like, okay, cool. Where do you want to go? Oh, it's cool. I'm just going to look up on Amazon here. No, wait. They just put it, put, open up the computer. They put, we're prime members, Dad. We can order it, and it can be here in two days. No shipping. Now they have same-day delivery. We are a culture. We want things fast. And then Chick-fil-A. How many know Chick-fil-A service is, like, amazing? It's amazing. I mean, y'all saw recently that whole competition between, like, Popeye's chicken sandwich and Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. How many of you, 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 you kind of tasted that a little bit? You went down that road. No one. Fantastic. This is going over great. Thank you, Tab, in the back. They had this big competition. Which sandwich is better? Popeye's, Chick-fil-A. And most people say Popeye's sandwich is better. I like Popeye's. No one in here likes Popeyes. <laughs> I'm the only one that has Popeyes in my heart. I like Popeyes. A fried chicken, spicy chicken from Popeyes, red beans and rice. Talk to me, somebody. Sets you free. Yeah, okay, great. Great. It's the loudest you've been all night. I love Popeyes. But here's the thing it doesn't matter if Popeyes sandwich is better than Chick fil A. It doesn't matter because Chick fil A is fast. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like Popeyes, you think like they're mad at you for being there. You're like, hello, I have money and a credit card. Like, what you want? I'm sorry. I want one of those sandwiches. (laughs) It don't matter which one's better. It could be manna from heaven. But people are going to go to Chick-fil-A because they're fast. We live in a society and a culture where everything is speeding up. And there's nothing wrong with that, but this is what it creates as a problem. God is not into speeding things up when it comes to our progress in Him. In fact, while you're waiting, you need to understand that God, He loves the waiting season. Like, I don't like the waiting season. I want God sometimes, Lord, just give me a suddenly. Y'all read those in scriptures? Then suddenly God showed up. Then suddenly fire fell from heaven. Then suddenly the person was healed. I I love suddenly moments, and God still moves in suddenly moments. But God will develop you the season of waiting. Fruit takes time to produce. And God likes to produce us. He likes to cultivate us in what he's doing in our life, in our heart. And in this text, we'll see Saul was unwilling to wait. Even for God's presence, like in here tonight, if we're not careful, we'll get so used to, hey, we're going to sing three songs, and then we're going to be done with that. And, and, And there's nothing wrong with an order of service. Those are great. We plan those things out. We pray for those things. But let's not be in such a rush in our life that we're unwilling to wait for God to show up. Let's not be so busy with life that we're like, God, you know, I feel like you spoke this thing to me and I want it right now. Because here's the reality. Some of you in this room, you're in a waiting season right now. I'm telling you, 
I'm in a waiting season for a breakthrough in, in my life with someone I really love. I mean, I've been praying for years and I'm in a waiting season right now. Some of you, God has spoken a word to you, a promise to you. And you still are waiting for that promise to come about. Some of you in here and you're single and you believe God's called you to be married and you are waiting for the right spouse. Some of you in here, you're waiting for a new job. You feel like God has something else for you. Do not despise the waiting season. God does his best work in you and through you during the waiting season. But I want to tell you some things to watch out for while you wait. Watch out for panic while you wait. God will exchange panic for peace if you allow him. This is what happened in this text. You guys with me tonight? The army, the Philistine army was was massive. They were huge. Sometimes we read this and it's just like, okay, cool, there's 6,000 chariots. That's a really big deal. Like, they're about to fight them. And they could die fighting them. And the Israelites are sitting around, and Saul in particular is sitting around and he's, he's waiting for seven days for Samuel to show up. And, and Samuel told him, I'm going to show up after seven days. You wait, I'm going to show up, and I'm going to perform the offering and the sacrifice. You wait, Saul, and you wait for me to show up. And here they are, they're waiting. One day go past, two days, three days, four days, five days, six days. Seven days go past. Still no Samuel. This is a moment where Panic starts to settle in because pressure externally around you and internally in you will cause you to panic inside. I mean, you're panickers in here. Anybody honest in church tonight? You panic, man. And when you panic, everything seems worse than it actually is. Like now the army is a million people. Oh my gosh, now they get like 500,000 chariots and horses and everything just starts to grow when you start to panic. And Saul started operating out of a spirit of panic instead of a spirit of peace. And I'm telling you, when it comes to waiting, the enemy will try to cause panic to settle in your soul that will get you out of position for what God wants to do. I've seen this in my life so many times. But God will exchange, if you allow him, he will exchange your panic for his peace. This was funny. A, a little while back, my son, he, he came to me, and it was, he has been at school, and he, he came to me after school one day, and he said, Dad, you won't believe what happened. My, my son's a huge sports fan. Man, he loves sports. He knows, like, everything. And he comes home, and he's like, you won't believe it. He said, I, I got this signed autograph. I don't know you guys. Can you zoom in here? I got this signed autograph card from Leonard Fournette that somebody at my school gave me. And he, he had it. And I was like, son, that's amazing. Who is your friend? And he's like, dad, he gave it to me, and I gave him something in exchange And I thought, my goodness, what in the world did you give him in exchange? I'm looking around to see if any of our TVs are missing. (laughs) If, like, he got my wife's jewelry and, like, exchanged that. I said, son, what did you give him that he gave you that signed autograph? And I went and looked it up, man, because sometimes you get these autographs, you're like, oh, that's somebody else's handwriting. I went and looked online, so you know you can trust everything online. I went and looked online, and this looked exactly like his signature. I said, son, what did you give him? He said, well, he'd really been eyeing my next steps pin. This is no joke. <laughs> next steps pin. How many of you have been to next steps before? It's awesome, but it's not that awesome, you know? He said, Dad, I gave him a next steps pin. I said, what? I said, what kind of kid is this? 
I was thinking my son, he's going to be the greatest business salesman known to man, anointing to make money. It's going to be great. But he, he exchanged a pen for an autographed card. Who won that exchange? Elijah, my son, won the exchange. This is what's so beautiful about God. Even in your panic, he will exchange your panic for his peace. It's a crazy exchange. He says, I want you to give me whatever you're feeling. And this is the deal with panic. You, you, sometimes you can't help but panic. I get so annoyed with people and like, stop panicking. Stop being anxious. Stop being worried. And you're like, I don't want to be these things. But these things are surrounding me, and I'm waiting for God to show up. I'm waiting for Samuel to show up because Samuel was a type of Christ. He was not Christ, but he represented Christ. He represented the presence of God. And here Saul is, and he is just stewing in panic with his soldiers talking, his soldiers leaving, and panic led him to make a bad decision. You will regret, and I will regret, every decision I make out of panic or fear. We are a people that God has called us, regardless of the circumstances, to make decisions out of peace, not panic. Somebody needs to hear that tonight. You're, you're at a crossroads. And maybe it's even with you and your spouse. I, I encourage you so much. Don't make a decision unless you both have peace. When it's a big decision. Don't be led by panic. Panic will lead you down a path that will cause you to miss the things that God wants you to do. Now, panic is real. It's, it's a spiritual attack. But I'm telling you, if you will pray when panic comes, God will give you peace. I remember years ago, and I've shared this, I think, before, but years ago, me and Bethany made a financial decision. And I don't know if you've ever made a decision where you felt like God was speaking one thing to you, and it, it made sense in the spirit, but it sure didn't make sense on paper. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and we made a decision as it relates to her working, and this is when we had our third child, and this was what God spoke to us, so I'm not putting this on anyone at all, but we made a decision. We felt like, hey, she was supposed to stay at home, and it did not make sense on paper at all. I remember I'd wake up at night, and, and I'm like a sleeper. How many of you sleep well in the night? Like a bear in hibernation, like... I'm done. If I wake up at 3 a.m., it's because I, I just have to I just accidentally wake up and I look at the clock and I'm like, yes, three more hours. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I know some people wake up like, I couldn't sleep. I was up at 2.30 just pressing in. I'm like, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> I try to do that. I'm just like, <sighs> I sleep. I sleep. But I would wake up during this season when we stepped out and we were waiting for God. <laughs> we were obedient, but we were waiting for God to show up. Y'all been there before? And I had panic. I would be waking up with sweat. I remember one night I went to a room upstairs. We have a, this little bonus room upstairs. I went to a room. Will, I went up there, and, man, I started praying to God. This was around 3 o'clock in the morning. And I'm telling you, I, I was, God, I, I need you to show up. God, I need your peace. And I'm telling you, in that room, on my face, God met me with his peace. My circumstances had not changed at the moment, but his peace invaded my waiting. His peace came on me, and peace is supernatural. You can see somebody who has peace versus someone who does not have peace. You got to work for peace. You got to fight for peace. You got to pray out to God for peace because the enemy wants to cloud you with fear and panic while you're waiting for God to show up. I would encourage you, man, if you have a prayer language, pray in the Spirit. 
God will move as you pray in the Spirit for things you don't even know what to pray for. The Spirit of God is moving, and he will usher in a realm of peace that you've never encountered before. I love this scripture in Psalm 29, verse 11, says this, the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses, listen to this, his people with peace. I love it. Next thing that happens is this, if you can go to the next point, is he exchanged, what's the next one, help me out, panic for peace, and then we have... Another good one was go, there we go. Nope, still not there. This is fantastic. Oh, pride for praise. It's not their fault, it's my fault. Pride for praise, okay? Took us a while to get there, but we got there. Pride for praise. Saul went from panic to a state of pride. This, this scares me, okay? This is where I'm going to be very transparent with you. I have a tendency, if I'm not careful, when I know that I need God to show up for whatever I feel like the breakthrough is or whatever I feel like I'm supposed to have happen or I feel like God's spoken to me, while you wait and wait and wait and wait, there will be a temptation to pick up the sacrifice and perform it yourself. In the waiting season, as panic comes, and if you don't have peace instead of panic, and then pride seeps in, Saul was king. Saul had authority. Saul had influence. Saul had resource. Saul had a massive army. Saul had wealth. The Bible even says about Saul that he was handsome. This guy had it going on. It even says that he was big and strong and and a foot taller than everyone else. So even by physical appearance, you see this guy and you're like, man, he got all the blessings. Saul had it all. He was king, but listen to me. He was not Lord. And Saul said, Samuel didn't show up. You guys are leaving me. Panic settling in. Bring the offering and the sacrifice To me, Saul was not anointed to perform the sacrifice. Saul was tired of waiting and decided, hey, I'm done with this. Saul said, I'm going to substitute, listen to me, my strength for God's presence. We can never substitute our strength for the presence of God, ever. And some of you in here tonight, you find yourself in a waiting season and you know what that thing is that you feel like God has spoken or you're believing God for. And there's a tendency to say, Lord, I'm going to take the reins myself. I encourage you by the word of the Lord, keep waiting on God. Saul shows up, Samuel shows up and says, Saul, what have you done? Saul says, well, you didn't show up. I'm king. I did my thing. And at that moment, God took the kingdom from him. Not at that moment exactly as far as physically, but in that moment, God decided he was going to strip the kingdom from Saul because his heart was filled with pride. Pride will kill your life. This sensation and this idea that I'm good enough to do this or make this way happen. You know, you can knock down some doors that are not meant to be opened. 
you can open up some doors that God wants to open up, but the timing could be wrong, and it will not bless your life. It will destroy your life. We have to be good at waiting on the presence of God to show up. Saul got impatient. Saul got frustrated. Saul panicked. Saul resorted to pride his own strength to say, I'm going to have it happen now. This is what's been going through my mind as I've been preparing the past couple of days. In light of my own circumstance, I am currently, like I said before, we can go ahead and come out, uh, Keys. I'm currently, I've been praying for something that God has spoken to me. Y'all hear me? I still believe God speaks to people. Come on, do you believe that? If you don't believe it, then I promise you it's not going to happen. God still speaks to people. He still gives you words. It was a scripture saying, Joel, in the last days I'll pour out my spirit and they will have dreams, they'll have visions, and they'll prophesy. What is that? Dreams, visions, and prophesy. All forms of communication. All forms of communication. God will speak something to you. God has spoken something to me. And I, I, when he spoke it to me, I knew it. But I'm in a season of waiting where I cannot see it. I can't see it at all. And when you can't see it, you'll be tempted to, to panic and you'll be tempted to just take matters into your own hands. But this is the picture I keep seeing in my mind's eye. Saul's over there performing the sacrifice and little does he know, Samuel is on his way. The one who represents the presence of God, what Saul and the army needs for victory. What the scriptures say? Our trust is not in horses and chariots, but it's in the name of the mighty Lord of God's army. And here Samuel is. And I don't know, maybe Samuel was like a really slow walker. And he's just walking slow, just taking his time, kicking rocks. I don't know. But he's just chilling, man. He's walking. Samuel's walking. Here's Saul. And here's us. God's not going to show up. The presence isn't going to come. So I feel like this is supposed to happen, and so I'm going to make it happen in my own strength. Meanwhile, just half a mile down the road, the presence of God was on its way. It's oftentimes in the final hour that God shows up. But if we don't wait, and if we don't say, hey, God, I'm going to have your peace instead of panic. I'm going to praise you instead of having pride, because this is what praise does. Praise gets your focus off yourself and onto him. And we've got to be good at praising him. Man, I'm telling you, praise cannot be confined to this place right here. You've got to be a worshiper of God everywhere you go. Your house is a sanctuary. Your car is an environment of worship. Man, your workplace as you go in, man, God, you are good. God, I trust you. God, you are faithful. God, I lean not on my own understanding, but in all of my ways I acknowledge you. we got to get good at praising. Because when you praise, your eyes go up. When you have pride, your eyes go down on yourself. And I just keep thinking, man, Saul, Samuel was so close. Can you imagine Samuel when he saw the smoke going up in the air? And he smelt the sacrifice. I wonder how often God sees us doing something prematurely. He says, I was about to move. The song we sang, 
get my notes here so I don't butcher this. He's the way maker. Come on. He's the miracle worker. He's the promise keeper. If he says it, it's going to happen. Well, David, I don't see it, man. There's an army of destruction and distraction all around me. I don't, I don't see it for my marriage right now. I don't see it in my kid right now. I don't see it in my finances right now. I don't see it in my body right now. If he promises it, it's going to happen. He is the promise keeper. He's not the promise breaker. His word cannot return void. If he says it, it's going to happen. And he's the light in the darkness. This is what we're saying. Our God is the way maker. He's the miracle worker. He's the promise keeper. Light in the darkness. This is the last line. I love this. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. What's that? Saul right here. You right here. Me right here. We're waiting on God. God, you said this. God, you said you're going to show up. You said you're going to provide. You said you're going to restore this relationship. You said my kid was going to turn to you. I'm not seeing it. There's an army all around. But guess what? God's working. God's moving. God's on his way. And when his power shows up, anything can happen. This is where I'm at right now. Man, recently, like, I, I just, I was crying out to God. Like, crying out to him about this situation. And I just believe, man, even though I haven't received it yet, God is on his way. And somebody in here needs to hear this tonight. God is on his way. And he knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly the tax in your life. He knows the burdens you carry. He knows the grief that you experience. He knows the, the difficulty, the stresses, the panic, all those things. Don't take it in your own hands. Don't carry it yourself. The Bible says, cast all of your cares upon him. For he cares for you. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Today, what are you talking about, man? What are you talking about? This is what I'm saying. He's on his way. He's on his way. The presence of God is going to show up. The thing that God promised is going to happen. The breakthrough is on its way. Man, is this just hype preaching? No, this is Holy Ghost preaching. And we got to stir our faith a little bit. Man, we can get so down and out. and Man, I don't know. And doubt fills our heart. Man, get some people around you who believe God for breakthrough. I feel like, like right here is shouting me down a little bit. Everybody else is kind of staring at me. For real? Be all in. Man, don't get discouraged. If discouragement comes, and rebuke it in the name of Jesus. If doubt comes, and it will, rebuke it in the name of Jesus. If attacks on the enemy come, and it will, say, my God is going to show up. I might not see it. I might not feel it. But my God is a way maker. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit HealingPlaceChurch.org.